Welcome to What She Said. I'm your host, Lucy Lucroft, a freelance journalist and blogger from London. Each week, I chat to awesome humans about their journey to where they are today, and we share lots of blogging tips and tricks too. You can hear the entire back catalogue, as well as new episodes wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for my name, or searching What She Said, or you can go to my website, wanderlucy.com. And if you want to come say hi online, I'm at Lucy Lucroft on Instagram or Twitter, or over at my blog, wanderlucy.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What She Said. This episode um, was really special because I got to chat to one of the bloggers that I've been fangirling over for a really, really long time, Rosie of Cider with Rosie. We talked about her beautiful lifestyle blog, Cider with Rosie, and how that came to be. It's a really gorgeous story. Um, We talked about content planning and Rosie shared some of her really simple gentle tips and we also talked about why we think it's harder to make it in blogging nowadays and Rosie shares some really vulnerable feelings of how maternity leave was a stumbling block in blogging as well as why Instagram stories became a total lifeline if you want to hear that you can achieve amazing things without doing what everybody else does or why being a badass business planner doesn't always have to be the way this one's for you Hi Rosie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you? Great, thank you. Really good. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know you, could you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your blogging journey so far? Yep, sure. So my blog is called Cider with Rosie um, and I set it up when I was, gosh, I think I was 22 or 21. So it was back in 2012. Um, so it's been a long time now. So it feels like it's been ages that I've been blogging. Um, and I set it up when um, I'd not long um, lost my grandma, who was um, so special and important to me. Um, and she had kept diaries all her life. And I remember kind of reading through them when um, when she'd not long passed away. And um kind of thinking how amazing it was that she just kept these little journals of just like things like oh went over to see um see the girls looked after the girls today went out for lunch with my um with mum and all these things and it was such an amazing uh thing to read through just the moments that had made her happy and I thought oh I kind of want to do that but I knew I wouldn't keep to it if it was just like a paper diary um because I've never I've never been able to keep writing a diary um on paper I've always kind of got bored of it and I just discovered blogging uh when it was in my second year of uni and I thought okay maybe I'll maybe I'll give that a go and I set it up um and I don't think I think at the time um beauty blogs in the UK were massive but Mm. there was hardly anyone um doing lifestyle in the UK and I kind of knew that you could make a job from it um, and I was getting towards the end of uni and started sort of thinking oh I don't really know what I'm going to do next and I thought well maybe I can tie these two things in together um, and make a living from from writing a diary just about what makes me happy and what pr- brings me joy um, and I did really so that's the kind of story of how I got started. That's a, that's a really cool origin story I haven't heard of one like that before that it oh, really did st- well yeah because I, I think we all start in a sort of journaly way and mm. I'm pretty sure the majority of bloggers start out well certainly back when we started blogging um 
not as a way to make money you kind of start make it your hobby you, you don't really yeah. start with the intention of being like I'm going to be a full-time blogger just because yeah. I think I, I didn't really know that you could so sorry go on Are you gonna I, say something? I think um yeah I think like for me the um Jason my husband well my boyfriend at the time was working for himself and so I kind of um was inspired by him really to just give it a go because I wasn't I wasn't already working at the time I was at uni so obviously mm-hmm. I had like bags of free time mm-hmm. um to to like read a load of blogs and and sort of start learning all about this industry that I found totally fascinating and I just love the idea of working for myself and so yeah so I guess it was kind of um yeah I suppose it, it wasn't like your usual way of of yeah like you say it being a sort of sideline hobby and then it taking over I always um, I always had the hope for it to, to to make a living from it, um, but I think I was just lucky that I managed to jump in at the right time, so to speak. How did it? So basically, you 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 didn't you came from uni into your job now as cider with Rosie. Mm. Yes. So um, the way that happened was um, so, like I said, I set it up in the middle of my second year of uni. Or, uh, in the summer of my second year mm-hmm. of uni. And then I ran the blog all the way through my third year of university. Um, and I was working part time and obviously studying and writing dissertation and all that sort of stuff. And I just kept blogging. And it was like I wasn't um, earning anything from it at that point. It was just like a little sideline thing that I was doing and plugging away at and really enjoying. And then when I left, when I graduated from university, um, I s- sort of sat down with Jason and said, you know, look, I, I really want to give this a go. And we sort of agreed that from I would give it until Christmas of that year um, and see if I could start making an income from it. Um, and I thought if I've, you know, if I've given it a good few months and nothing's come from it, then I'll sort of maybe just keep it as a as like a hobby mm-hmm. and go and find something else um, to do instead. Uh, and I and I did I just yeah I started to to make money from it that that year so that's That's amazing how did you how did you actually make money from it if you don't mind me asking no no that's fine people always like to know everybody that listens to this is a blogger or a creative or instagrammer or you know and everybody always wants to know that you know the actual how how do people make money blogging yeah the ins and outs of it I always get asked that question um (laughs) yeah so um I well gosh looking back it's 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 changed a lot actually like over the past Mm. how many years has it been five six years um back when I first started to earn revenue from the blog largely it was down to private ad sales so uh, back when sort of like blogger sidebar advertising was Mm. huge that was like my biggest revenue source for probably a good couple of years um and I really enjoyed that actually because I loved um finding different blogs to read and I'm like I'm really nosy so I really enjoyed like <laughs> I would um, run like a monthly feature um interviewing I remember it, yeah. um yeah so like <laughs> yeah interview different bloggers um and that so that was like the main way I made money but also through collaborating with brands mm-hmm. um running like sponsored uh, content now um I definitely um the main way I make money is is through um sponsored in- Instagram and yeah. I think the collaborations have got slightly more um, involved, I'd say. Um, I think that's like 
down to a couple of things down to the fact that like my audience has grown and, and perhaps there's more like value there for a yes. brand to um to be sort of to be working with me but also I think that the industry has grown loads so now instead of it just being kind of um you know can we pay you to to feature this product in a post now it'll be like uh, a whole campaign perhaps like a, a a trip or a you know a project um with all social included like instagram stories instagram posts twitter like all these different things that just you know five years ago were just really just finding their feet so now i'd say that like, it's the sponsored content is a lot more of of an involved um project every time it comes in which I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that's mm. much, much better because you have a daughter, you probably don't want to be doing five sponsored posts a month. Yeah. It's so much better and so much more valuable to have those big um, long-term kind of collaborations with, with brands yes. that you actually use as opposed to having to make up the make up your income and pay the bills by doing sponsored posts. I, I, I'm speaking for myself here just yeah, because... Yeah, totally. I started out the same way and the majority of my money, my measly income would come from ad sales, not in the way that you did them. It would be like, you know, Google ads and Amazon associates and rubbish like that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. As well. And I would probably like once every three months, I'd get maybe like 80 pounds from Google. (laughs) There we go. There's my pocket money for the next (laughs) one. But yeah, like back in the day, that was, it didn't seem like there was much else that you could offer yeah or, or, or earn money from and it, and it is much better now that people are looking at things in a much more holistic way bloggers mm. and bloggers have become influencers um so talking about kind of you growing your blog um was there anything you specifically did to grow it I know you said you were really lucky but I think there's more to it than luck um, yeah I think I always um tried to be very involved in the in the whole community so back um back when I first started I think they're like the done thing was to get involved in twitter chats do you remember yeah, those like yeah, the yeah. hashtag l bloggers hashtag yeah. l bloggers all these different <laughs> hashtags and then I think it would be like a Sunday night at eight o'clock um and I used to like carve out that time and I would just sit down and and um just get involved on twitter and you know at the end there would be a sharing of links yeah. and and I, I mean, I don't know if these things still still exist anymore because yeah, I feel like I'm slightly, I'm slightly more removed now because mm. of being, you know, like a full time mum. I, yeah. I don't have the time to like dedicate to these things. But yeah, that that was like a great resource um, early on because it was a really good way to disconnect with lots of different bloggers at once. And it was a very... Um, I don't know, like, I, I can't think of the word, but it kind of like all ships rise in high tide sort of thing. Like, you know, everybody would, um, would share each other, yes. share each other's yeah. blogs and would be very supportive of, of each other, um, to grow. And, and I also used to do a lot of commenting. I used to comment yeah. on lots of blogs and read lots of blogs. So yeah, I think, um, I was just always very, um, very involved in, in, um, the whole blogging community. And I think as you, if you, if you show yourself as a dedicated, um, reader of blogs like perhaps that blogger will um and, and comment a lot and you know that blogger might click on your post one day and and share something and I think it's just an organic growth but I think it feels so slow early on it mm. can be very oh, disheartening yeah. because you know it's uh it's like a snowball effect isn't it the more followers you have the more your your content's likely to be shared yeah yeah, yeah definitely so, yes so that's that's oh and I think 
I think I did advertise on some blogs. Yes, I do remember advertising on a couple of blogs, like, you know, doing my own like sidebar advertising. Yeah. Um, and um, I think I advertised with Louise Pentland. Um, oh, yeah. Sprinkle of Glitter. Back that- in the day. Yeah. yeah. He's just had a lovely baby. Um, and yeah, and I can't remember. I advertised on a couple of other. I mean, I don't know if people really offer advertising like I, that I don't anymore. think they do I no. did it early on I advertised on someone else's in someone else's sidebar and I hadn't really nailed down my niche so much then so it really did nothing for me um, right but yeah it was it was a really great way of I mean I definitely did get a little boost in traffic but I did they didn't yeah. stick yeah because yeah they I, I wasn't the right audience um or the right topic, should I say? But yeah, yeah I, I think mean, people do, but I don't. I don't know if it's done in the same way anymore. Same yeah. as commenting and linkies. And... Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I think it's harder to grow nowadays. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah like, definitely. Like back, you know, sort of three, four, five years ago, I I felt like my um my following was was growing so fast, and my traffic was brilliant. I mean, obviously, a huge part of the fact that it's slower now for me personally is that I took best part of a year off really um to to adjust to like becoming a mother um and uh but I do I do think it is more difficult to grow I think there's just so much content out there it's more difficult to um to get seen and noticed so I don't I don't envy anyone who's kind of starting out now yeah I think it is I agree with you I think it is harder now I think you have to be so much more savvy because I think I understand when you say there was a bit of luck because I I would attribute and not I'm not a, a blogger in the same realm as you at all but I would definitely attribute any of my traffic growth in the early days to a bit of luck yeah because you know being in the right place at the right time or um you know whatever because yeah because it was you didn't have to be so savvy then but now yeah, I think you sure. do have to almost come into blogging with a bit more of a business strategy yeah definitely and as much as I say you know I I kind of wanted to make it a business um right from the start I I was definitely just like fumbling around just following following my nose and um and just doing whatever I thought might be fun and and worthwhile at the time I I definitely wasn't somebody who had like spreadsheets and 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 a marketing plan and a whatever I was very very kind of loose and casual about it has that changed now nope (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely definitely not that's the impression that I get from you like in a good way yeah yeah I think like I've always just yeah I've I've always wanted to be somebody who's got like a really um yeah just not strict marketing plan but I don't know I've I've tried to be that person who's like super duper on it um but I'm not really. I just, I just, just do what I enjoy, and you know, I think I've been been lucky to be able to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do. I've always had brands um, that I've wanted to work with, and it's been amazing to kind of tick tick off some brands from that list. And um, I think um, I'm starting in the last sort of few months. I've uh, wanted to get back into a better blogging schedule and I hope that it's becoming a bit more obvious that yeah, I'm like back yeah. in the game a little bit because I think for months I just would maybe post like once or twice a month and yeah. I felt like I felt like I was barely there I was dipping my toe in the water every now and again but um yeah I've kind of got my mojo back and I'm sure I don't know whether you felt the same but like when I was pregnant um 
the, with Ottilie. Um, and, uh, and then when she was small, I just lost a lot of, um, focus and motivation and creativity and inspiration and it all just went went by the wayside a little bit but now that's really come back and I'm I'm really enjoying that and kind of like trying to use it as much as I can because it's so great to to get to found my mojo again so I'm trying to um capitalize on that and uh I've got like a posting schedule again and um and you know much more of a plan about what I want to be doing over the next few months and where I want to take my content so I suppose I you know I have got it has changed in that I'm a little bit more clear yeah uh, but yeah I'm definitely not somebody who's got a um you know business managerial head naturally <laughs> to them. um so to, th- when you say kind of knowing where your content is going to go like do you I'm always really interested in content planning and I've just done it this year I am a spreadsheet person um, oh really I'm, yeah I'm not super savvy <laughs> well my background is in is not creative well it is, okay. it is kind of creative but my job out of uni was in merchandising so it was number crunching oh. it was yeah I mean it was creative in a sense that I was working with product and planning product to be on the shelf and all that sort of stuff um but it was all about spreadsheets and budgets and maximizing profit for the for whatever company I worked for um so I love spreadsheets I love spreadsheets so much (laughs) and honestly I've got a spreadsheet for everything that's amazing you'd get on with my husband (laughs) I must be the only person who actually enjoys doing their profit and loss every month um (laughs) (laughs) oh god yes that's that's something else I've never really (laughs) sat down and done I would always get to the the end of the tax year and be like, oh, I've made money. That's cool. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I know some people are like, you know, they've got it down to, you know, they know exactly where they're at with the year all the time. And for me, it's always a bit of a, a nice surprise <laughs> if I've made money. Um, content planning. I have a content plan now where I can, I basically plotted out roughly for the year roughly where I want things to go I obviously flex that every week wow. if I want to but I've, there's a Notting Hill Carnival post like going to Notting Hill Carnival with a baby that I didn't write at the time because I'm lazy and I was like oh I should slot that in for you know August before mm. Notting Hill Carnival as opposed to just banging it out right now um, yeah. where it's completely irrelevant actually I found that really helpful for yeah for kind of staying on track if I know what I need to write next week or the week after or whatever, I found it super useful. How do you, do you have, what's your kind of plan? Well, um, I think the way, the way that I've always kind of planned it, like from the week that I started writing the, my blog, I sat down and made a list of the topics that I wanted to cover. And I think back then it was like, um, uh, fashion, uh, food and, and recipe content creation, like arts and culture, which I've not really done that much on, um, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember what else was on the list, but I've always had like a kind of little running list in my head of the topics that I want to um, cover. And I still do, um, really to a degree. So when I'm like planning content for the week or for the month or whatever, I, um, kind of will like mentally go through that that list of 
content um, of uh, topics rather uh-huh. that I want to cover on the blog and just try and make sure that I've got like a little bit of everything so now the topics are um, still like a bit of fashion uh, but mostly of course motherhood um, yes. lots of um, uh, what's the word like sort of gardening yeah. and uh, growing my own produce and, and seasonal eating things like that and um food and recipe creation and um yeah so those are the sort of like main topics of, of bits that I like to cover and you know sort of like home and home and lifestyle um sort of stuff as well so I um will kind of make sure that I've got like a or try to make sure that I've got an even spread of of those topics through the month because you know I'm, I know not everybody wants to read like back-to-back stuff about my mm. daughter um and uh yeah so that's kind of how I will how I plan it so I'll usually like sit down and write down uh, a list of how much content I want to produce every month and and just jot in some some ideas really so I'm quite like loose and and organic about it that's a really Um, good way of planning content well I I find it works for me and it kind of keeps me like um you know it's not too structured because I I find you know sometimes I'll think right I'm going to shoot an outfit post and then the weather's rubbish or you know I've you know I just can't manage it so then you know I'm able to just think oh okay like what was the last thing I posted okay it was maybe something a bit like about motherhood okay Mm. maybe I'll do some food next or or something else so you know it kind of keeps me um keeps me quite flexible and I also um have always loved um kind of plotting the seasons on on the blog so one of my favorite series I ever did was um I think it was called try this in winter, try this in spring, like, you know, try this in whatever the season was. And I um, created a post, like a couple of posts per season with ideas for, um, you know, seasonal living. So uh, in the spring, I think it was, I can't remember what, oh, in the autumn, it was like taking a hot chocolate out and having like a hot chocolate picnic Mm -hmm. on a a dog walk. And um, in the spring, like visiting an art gallery and you just, you know, nothing like super groundbreaking, but I just really enjoy, um, you know, going with the seasons. I love watching the seasons through the year. And so now um, for for 2018, the kind of backbone of the blog um, uh, in terms of the sort of seasonal content is going to be uh, growing uh, food, which I'm really excited about because uh, now I've got, we've just moved, we moved in November um, and we moved to a farm, which I'm, I keep getting questions about this. We're not running the farm. <laughs> don't manage a farm. I'm so, so jealous of your new house, though. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it's a lovely place to live. We're so happy. Um, and it's such a change from our old house. I think our old house could have fitted in the kitchen. <laughs> the new house. And I think we were like bursting at the seams of the yeah. old place with a baby and two dogs. So, yeah, we, we were definitely due a, a bit of a space upgrade. Um, so, yeah, now I've got so much garden space, it's a bit overwhelming, really. But um, I'm hoping to produce like monthly content, um, sharing what what I'm growing and what some ideas for the garden. So I it's, hope that super that exciting, that side of things, because I remember when I don't know if it was last year. See, this is where I show my fangirling um, <laughs> when I remember you saying I'm going to every year I say I'm going to grow stuff. Yeah. And then Jason laughs at me. Because I don't. And, yeah. and so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do the same thing. I don't have a garden, obviously, but I, um, 
you know, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to get some herbs. I'm going to get, I'm going to grow this. I'm going to grow that. But you actually did it. And then suddenly you're like, oh yeah, I've just ordered like 25 tons of compost. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going out to sow some seeds. I think the thing that I spent most money on in 2018 is actually compost. I'm not joking. (laughs) Like, because we had um, like an actual, like I'm not exaggerating when I say a lorry load, we had seven seven cubic metres delivered. Oh my God. I can't remember, it was a bonkers amount. It's so much. It was like tonnes of compost delivered just before <laughs> Christmas. And then it wasn't even enough. Like it wasn't even halfway to being enough. So then I had to go and order another 80 bags, oh eight, 80, 80 litre bags from the, com- from the um, garden centre. And there's still another six bags sat in my car because I went and bought some more the other day. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Yeah, it's, it's a bit bonkers. But yes, I, I, do, I really clearly remember writing about how like Jason was like, oh yeah, you'll never do it. Because I like, until now I'd always well up until last year I'd always been like the one in our house who would like kill the Christmas poinsettia by like mid-December and I you know I've always been like so naff at keeping basil going and just rubbish like I've never been good at keeping plants alive and then when I was like oh I'm gonna grow some courgette he was like okay yeah see how we get on with that (laughs) and then and then you know we had so many I literally was like flinging them over the garden fence at our neighbors like please just take (laughs) off my hands I've got so many um yeah and just everything grew and I I was as shocked as anyone but it's so addictive like I absolutely love it like I'm right now looking I'm sat in my living room and I'm looking at like chili seedlings and uh potatoes that are currently sprouting on the window ledge so it's very exciting I (laughs) have a garden oh it is lovely I do I do feel lucky to have one (laughs) so talking about some of the stumbling blocks because we always like to talk about stumbling blocks in the podcast Mm. um because I feel like we all have them and um the bigger the blogger the more people like to think that they haven't ever had any stumbling blocks so it's really great to hear when someone's had them (laughs) yeah what were yours well I mean it sounds awful but like becoming a mum <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a bit like that sounds that sounds horrible that sounds like it's a, a negative thing and it's not and I don't think it has to be a negative thing but um uh you know adjusting to becoming a mother mm-hmm. I I found a huge um career-wise a huge kind of um stumbling block, mm-hmm. block really because not only was it um diff- kind of tricky to to just learn how to how to manage this new role and keep keep this little person alive and and keep the house looking like relatively not like a bomb had gone off by Mm. by four o'clock every day um trying to fit in work and I think also because because I've never because of what I blog about about my life um I don't know I found it I found it hard to know what to blog about when my day was just Mm. keeping keeping somebody's tummy full and and I you know was sleep deprived to the most bonkers level like I look back and I'm like how did I function um and and I just yeah I I found that really tricky so so that was a huge um uh, adjustment and going through the whole adjustment to to becoming a mother and how to work around that I you know I still look back at I look at other other bloggers who seem to just have their baby and and you know two weeks later they're back to posting and they think how did you do that Mm. I I absolutely marvel at anybody who manages to um to keep up a 
a posting schedule and hats off to them but yeah I, I found that really hard and I I think you know I, I just found it difficult to to juggle that um yeah. and it was definitely definitely not easy for me but I'm you know I feel like I'm getting back to I'm back there almost yeah. which is exciting and I um I um yeah, Jason and I have made the decision recently to uh, split the childcare um, more evenly. So it's going to be, um, you know, a bit more of like a 50-50 divide between his his sort of career and mine, which I'm yeah. really pumped about because up until now I've had um, – I, I started having like one day a week childcare uh, probably two, three months ago. Um, so, but now, so now it's going to be a bit more even, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but anyway, sorry, we're talking about stumbling blocks. Yeah, no, but that's really interesting because I know a lot of people listening to this either have babies, are pregnant, thinking about having children, and that is something that I I feel exactly the same as you. It's a huge stumbling block, and I really underestimated how mm. difficult I would find managing uh, being self-employed and you know having maternity leave and also um, coming back to making the decision to when to come back to work because it's a bit mm. how long is a piece of string when do you come back and yeah totally I was talking to Kate of a playful day yesterday okay. and we were talking about how tough it is with you know if I I did have uh statutory maternity pay but yes so did I. yeah and it's you know it's fine it tides you mm. over yes um and you get your 10 keeping and touch days but it's very unclear of how you can manage them and when you're somebody who works online and it, it, I had just made a really great I had a few really great relationships with editors and I didn't want to lose those relationships yeah it was so stressful but then as soon as you decide to go back to work full-time then it everything's gone there's no mm. it's just kind of feast of famine isn't it yeah totally and it's not even a feast it's like yeah. snack snack to yeah, famine. <laughs> totally. yeah it's hard and yeah no I mean it's it's really really hard and underestimate I underestimated it a lot um, yeah but it's great that you're coming into a season where your mojo's back and you're gonna yeah. have more child care you're gonna have yeah. more free time and yeah I'm really excited about it but I think like you know it's important to to I don't know be be okay with how hard it is as well mm. um for the first few months and I think you know it's it's easy to look at somebody else's situation and compare and say oh yeah but they're managing x y and z and I'm only you know if I have a shower I feel great about what I've achieved in the day and um you know I'm not working very much and I did that a lot and I felt guilty a lot of the time but it's you know I think we need to cut ourselves a bit of slack don't we that totally. you know we're going through like the hugest adjustment that you mm. can possibly imagine yeah uh yeah so but yes I am really shush Ted I'm really excited about, um, <laughs> sorry keeping the dog quiet um yeah I'm really excited about having a bit of um you know a bit of yeah, free to, well, not free time, but time to work. Yeah. Just, it's exciting. Did you find that um, Instagram stories was helpful? Because <gasps> even though you weren't yes. blogging, and so I wasn't obviously reading as many blog posts from you, I completely, mm. I don't feel like you had a, a year off in a way. Oh, really? because, yeah, because I was always following you on Instagram and Instagram stories. Mm. Specific, well, especially Instagram stories, really. Mm. Um, do, do you think that, ha do you feel that from your point of view that helped you feel kind of still in the loop 
so yeah totally instagram stories definitely was like my my lifeline social media like it kept me connected yeah um and i think you know my engagement on that has always been really good and i yeah it was kind of like a nice little boost at a time when i felt like i definitely it sounds a bit melodramatic but i felt quite irrelevant like in in kind of professionally um for a good few months when otty was small um and yes definitely that kind of it just, yeah, it did just keep me connected. And it was, um, I've had a lot of, I've, t- I've touched on this a couple of times on Instagram stories recently, but I've had a lot of questions over the past year or so about whether I'm going to go back to doing YouTube. And I'm definitely, yeah, um, yeah definitely don't have any plans to because mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just don't get on with. I yeah. think it's like, I find with YouTube, there's almost too much time to mm. think about how you look and what you're saying and is that angle right and does my chin look big and blah 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 and I just I just didn't get on with it I just found I got so self-conscious and I would edit myself down to a degree where that was just I don't know I just felt like I was just taking away everything about about myself just to try and um you know not not say anything stupid or offensive or I don't know I'm I found it it just made me so completely self-conscious and whereas Instagram stories it's it's so soundbitey and it's so Mm. immediate and I love the feedback I don't feel self-conscious on Instagram stories I I feel um yeah just really kind of like free to just chat about anything and my um audience are always really really responsive um and up for a chat and um, great for like advice and feedback and um yeah they're just it's it, I think it's such a brilliant medium and it's so funny because when I um when Instagram stories first launched I had just got to grips with Snapchat and I was like same <laughs> funny isn't it I was like I am not doing Instagram stories I'm not learning another social media yeah. I'm not doing it and then <laughs> I deleted so I deleted Snapchat after like a month of having yeah. Instagram stories up and running so same. And I remember saying at the time, I was like, well, that's not going to work. Snapchat's amazing. (laughs) Totally. And now, like, I can't even remember how Snapchat works. Like, I'm all about Instagram stories. Yeah, 100%. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I I find it just a really great medium for engagement. I think people don't don't utilise it enough because, you know, everybody whinges on about the algorithm and nobody can see my posts and all the rest of it. But I know that I get some really solid feedback from my quite small audience. And they, and if I, and I get a lot of um, traffic from Instagram, which is mental because I only have one place that I can put a link. I don't have to swipe up. Right. Even if I use a bit.ly link and just write it, I get, a big chunk of in, of traffic from that which is it's crazy yeah to it is yeah mental. that just shows how powerful using when you use the right medium for you because I know that YouTube is is absolutely the right thing to do for some people yeah totally um, and I I felt yeah. like I I initially started doing it because I felt like I was missing a trick because mm. you know I was getting more and more emails from brands saying can you offer like do you offer video yeah. content as well as blog and I thought oh well I'll give it a go and see and the feedback I mean um you know I, I don't mean to sound um big-headed but I always got really nice feedback mm. on YouTube and I think fairly good engagement given that it was like a small um you know start out channel yeah. um 
but I just yeah it just wasn't for me it wasn't for me at all thank you so much for being part of the podcast where can everybody find you online uh, so my um, website URL is www.sidewithrosie.com and um, Instagram I am at sidewithrosieblog and Twitter I am at sidewithrosieb Thank you so much. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. Thanks for listening to What She Said. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please think about leaving me a five-star rating and a review if you have time. This really helps other people find the podcast and means that Apple don't hide me in their vaults. If you fancy joining my small but perfectly formed bunch of podcast fans for chit chat on Facebook, head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what she said podcast and come and join us. Yeah.